Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Well, the Bible has the answers. The Bible has the answers. Thank God that we got something that has answers. Glory to God, because this world is searching for answers. Amen. And it's my position that all the answers are in the Bible. You just have to search and search and search until you find the answer concerning the particular thing that you're concerned about. Whatever the problem is, you go in the Bible and you search that out in the Bible. Get you a good concordance or Bible dictionary or whatever, and you research that subject and you find out what God has to say about that thing. And if you will do that, the Bible has the answers. I'm telling you, the, the answer your answer is there. Uh, some things are right up on the surface, and they're apparent, and some things you have to dig and dig. And then there's other things you just bump into in your studies. You bump into them, and you're amazed at what this covers. In fact, I was witnessing to a gentleman getting my oil at, at an oil change place, and he was talking about one aspect of Jesus that he didn't understand. And I said, okay, uh, but that brings up another aspect about the Lord. Now, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. This is another aspect concerning the Lord. And when he heard that explained to him, uh, he it really stopped him in his tracks. He realized, wait a minute, there's more to this than meets the eye. There's more to Jesus than meets the eye. Uh, I thought it was just A, B, C, but I see it's a plethora of things, a gigantic number of things. This is very deep, and so it stopped him in his tracks. Uh, He was searching. The Bible certainly has the answers. Amen? And now that's a word right there for somebody tonight. Glory to God. If If you've got a situation, a circumstance, or something that you you can't quite make up your mind about. And maybe you prayed and sought the Lord about it and haven't heard anything. Glory to God. Get in the Word and look that thing up in the Word of God and find out what the Bible has to say about that thing. Amen. Glory to God. You'll be surprised. The Bible has the answers. I can tell you that right away. Well, thanks to God, we're in... 
the 23rd chapter of Proverbs. We're actually at the first verse. The first, second, and third verse talk about the same thing. It's it's grouped together. So although we're at 23.1, we're really going to look at 23.1 through 3. But let's go to 23.1 for right this moment. And uh, uh, we'll start off in the King James, Proverbs 23.1. When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. Consider diligently what is before thee. Then in the positive thinking Bible, it says, when you are invited to to eat with a king, use your best manners. Amen. That's good, solid advice. The Tanakh says, when you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider well who is before you. Consider well who is before you. Glory to God. Uh, But the King James here says, uh, consider diligently what is before you. And when I was in prayer with the Lord, I was asking him about what to bring tonight. I really feel like someone, this is a word for someone out there. Consider what is before you. Consider what is before you. Maybe you have a situation that you're facing, you're looking at, and it looks one way. And uh, what I would say to you tonight is it things might look one way, but just calm yourself down and diligently consider what and who is before you. Consider what is before you. Amen. Now, I don't know what that means for someone or, or, or anything, but someone needs to hear tonight. They need to consider what is before them. It may seem like the right person or the right deal, or it may seem like the wrong person or the wrong deal. I mean, there's been things that didn't look right to me, and uh, I, later on, I found out I needed to move out by faith and appropriate them. I didn't. I didn't. I held back. Then there's other things that you want to jump at them, and it's the opposite. You should have held back. Amen? But whoever this word is for, I say to you this evening, I believe this is a word for you. Consider. Consider. Consider what is before you. Amen? Now, when we first started off, we said, while we're in Proverbs 23.1, the first three verses, the other two verses are really hooked into this verse. So in the King James, I'm going to read Proverbs 23.1 through 3. I'm going to read all three verses. Amen? And it says, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee, and put a knife to thy throat, if thou be a man given to appetite. Be not desirous of his dainties, for they are 
deceitful meat. They are deceitful meat. Now, in looking at this, we can look at this from the negative and the positive. I guess I'll start off from the negative first because it says that this verse, the verse 3 says that they are deceitful meat. So I guess I'll start with the looking at this from the negative first. Amen. This verse says to consider diligently what is before thee. And then notice in the Tanakh, it says consider well who is before thee. Now, kings don't dine with poor people, dine with poor people. So you have to ask yourself, if you're called to dine in the presence of a, 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 a king, a prime minister, a, a, a ruler, amen, a ruler, the top bosses at your corporate where you work, yeah, you're going there to eat a dinner with them, amen. But if you're wise, you would take the advice of this verse and you would consider, you would ask yourself, why are you there? Because rulers don't deal with poor folk. And kings, they don't need another person to eat their food. So why did he invite you to this dinner? What does he want from you? What is he after? What? You say, well, pastor, now, come on now. That's looking at it next. Well, look at verse C. Look at verse 3. It says, be not desirous of his dainties, for they are deceitful me. What does deceitful mean? Not true. A lie, something not true. Okay, he's saying, come, eat, drink, uh, uh, drink all you want, uh, uh, feel at home, just go ahead, take all you want. Amen. A lot of times, if that happens, it's because you know what they're doing, they're feeling you out. They want to know, what do you think? Do you think the way we think? Are you in our class or are you, is your mentality belong to the working class? Um, uh, are you loyal to the setup or the company or whatever? What is your level of understanding or sophistication in ABC? They're usually probing, and it says right in verse 3, these are they they are deceitful meat. So something is going on. A ruler does not a a ruler does not call you to sit and eat with him. The president of a a a, a, a Fortune 500 company doesn't need you to come sit with him and eat with him for no reason. Amen. There's usually something happening uh-huh you, you want to look at who who is this and what is this and why am i there 
You know, rulers are known for scheming and conniving and thinking all kinds of thoughts. They also have the capacity because they have money and power. They know how to hurt people. If you have ever studied rich people, the real rich in medieval times, and even in this times, one of the crafts that they know that poor people just about never study, but the rich spend a lot of time in witchcraft, in poisons, in how to use their power against other people. So, uh, so they don't need your help. So why are they calling you before them and slapping you on the back and saying, sit down, just enjoy yourself, or just uh, uh, just or make yourself at home, eat all you want, amen? You better, you better consider, like the Bible says here, you better consider diligently what is before you. The Bible says there's a time and a season for everything. So we know then that there are times to be doubly aware of where you are and what is taking place before you. Amen. People have been called before kings and and rulers for all kind of nefarious reasons. You remember Ahab, he wanted a particular he wanted a particular garden. So he called a citizen before him and asked him, I want to buy your garden. The citizen told him, no, this has been handed down from generation to generation. I can't sell you my vineyard. Oh, you can't sell me your vineyard, okay? All right. Uh, make a long story short, the king finally got the got the vineyard. The owner of it was dead. His wife the uh, uh, Ahab, uh, his wife, told him what to do, Jezebel. She told him what to do. The man died, and Ahab got the vineyard that he wanted. Amen? He got the vineyard that he wanted. A lot of times rulers want things, and they're known for conniving. They're used to getting their way. Called in front of them. Considered. Well, what's before you? I'm up against a break. Hold on. I'll be right back. Hold on now. Hold on. Do you need tile installed in your home or business? Then John Robinson Tile LLC is the company for you. We have over 60 years of experience installing tile. We do bathrooms, kitchens, and so much more. Give us a call at 803-529-0092. Check out our website, at www.johnrobinsontile2.com. Visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Just search J-Rob Tile or John Robinson Tile. We're licensed and insured and Schluter certified. If you need tile installed, we are your company. We believe in laying hands on everything that we do. That's John Robinson Tile Installation Service for new and old homes. Renovation of kitchens and bathrooms installs all types. That's John Robinson Tile, the number two dot com. Yeah. 
Beloved, we're looking at Proverbs 23.1 that says, When thou sittest to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before thee. And we were talking about that rulers don't need you to come and sit at their table and eat their food. Amen. If they do that, it's not about the food. It's not about uh, uh, you eating. Amen. It's something else. Something else is up. And we talked about Ahab, King Ahab, and how he got what he wanted. There was another king, King David, and he was looking off his roof. We're making this a, you know the story, so we're going to do it, make the story quick. He looked off his roof, and he saw a woman bathing. And so he called her before him, and her name was Bathsheba. And uh, apparently he wanted to see her he, he, From afar she looked beautiful But apparently he wanted to see her up close And so he he is the king He is the king And as the king you can use your powers And one of the powers that you have Is command that your servants Appear before you when they're summoned So he summoned Bathsheba and to make a long story short, and you know the story, uh, they become lovers, okay, over time. And and she's married. She's a woman. She's a married woman married to Uriah the Hittite. Amen. Now, when she was summoned by the king the first time, I can imagine she probably was amazed. You know, here I am, a little maid. I'm married to a soldier in the king's army. Probably nobody I'm, I, 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 nobody really even knows I'm here. And all of a sudden, I, uh, these soldiers pull up, a whole regiment of them, and a spokesman gets off his horse and knocks on the door and tells us that she's summoned to before the king's presence. She's been summoned. What are you going to do? I mean... He's the king. You're just a maid. Amen. And she probably thought, well, it's probably has something to do with my husband because he's a, he's a Hittite, a Uriah the Hittite, and he's in the king's army. So it's probably something to do with my husband. Maybe the king wants to break some news to me. Maybe Uriah died and the king wants to tell me about it or something. I don't know. She probably might not have even thought it was concerning her because she might not have ever seen the king before. But all of a sudden, she's invited to the palace, to the palace, to the palace. Amen. And she went to the palace. And, of course, David saw her up close. And he had something else on his mind. She probably still thought it was about her husband, Uriah. Amen. And to make a long story short, you know the story. You already know the story. So um, so what was on his mind was not eating and drinking. That was not what was on his mind. Amen. He had something else. So we said we would consider the negative person and the positive. So in conclusion of the negative, consider when a ruler calls you a high up person, that they're not calling you because there's no one else that they have to talk to or they want to uh, 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 plumb 
your great level of wisdom or whatever. They're calling you for some other reason. Amen. Maybe they want to know what other people are saying about them in the corporation or the business. Or maybe they, I don't know what it could be. Amen. Glory to God. Maybe they want you to, without you realizing it, spy for the something. I don't know. But anyway, the point is, because verse 3 says that what they're offering you are deceitful, then the Bible there, as far as I'm concerned, is letting you know something else is up about uh, other than the way things appear. Amen. Don't go by the way things appear. Amen. Now, another consideration of this or the positive, looking at this from the positive, what this verse says, when a, when a ruler calls you before them, consider diligently what or who is before you. When someone high up calls you before, calls you before them, amen, uh, consider and use your best manners. Use your best manners. If you were called to the White House, uh, you would want to, uh, you would want to, and you were called to sit at a state dinner. You would want to remember to use your best manners. Uh, Why? Because think about it now. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, you wouldn't want to eat like a barbarian in front of Jesus, would you? The marriage supper of the Lamb, you that are born again, you're going to be at that event. You're going to be at that, uh, that dinner. Amen. And Jesus himself is going to gird up his loins and serve you. You're going to want to serve him, but he's going to tell you to relax because he wants to minister to you. Amen. You wouldn't want to act like a barbarian, would you? No, you wouldn't. So you would consider who is before you and what is before you, and you would use your best manners. Amen. Glory to God. You wouldn't want to disrupt the dinner. You wouldn't want to try to show off. You wouldn't want to try to attack, attract attention to yourself. You would want to uh, uh, direct attention to the Lord Jesus. Amen. You would want to make sure that you don't act like a barbarian. Amen. So the positive is that that when you're called before rulers or whoever, that you that you be on your best behavior. You know, there's some people they they relax too much all the time. They don't seem to know what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. There's people who feel sweat clothes appropriate anywhere they go because they feel comfortable. How many times have you gone to a mall or something and you see people in their night slippers and they got on pajamas and they're out at the mall? And the only thing you could think of is that is that no one has taught them what is appropriate. When you're going out in the public, you do not wear your night clothing. 
You take your night clothing off and you put on clothing. Amen? Particularly in America, if you've ever gone, well, I know you have, to a shopping mall or someplace where there's a lot of people, okay, 99% of the people, they'll either, most of them, no, I'll say something like this. I'll say something like this. 70% of the people have on sneakers, 70%. No matter what else they got on, they put on sneakers. This is in America now. You say, well, what's so different about that? Okay, go on YouTube. Pull up videos from the 1920s, the 1930s, the 1940s. You'll be astonished. All the men have on suits and ties. All of them just about have on hats. They have on shoes. Amen. Particularly out in public, they had they dressed up to go out in public. All the ladies had on dresses. Okay. Now, when you go out, that's when you go out in public. You don't wear your night clothes out in public, your pajamas out in public. The distressing thing for me, I don't say anything about it, but inside it it bothers me. Somebody will go to a wedding and they'll and they'll come with their gym clothes on. Uh I'm number twenty three, Kobe Bryant. I don't know his number, forgive me. All you all you um, sports fans out there, you know his number. I, I'm not a sports guy, so I'm a Bible guy. I don't know the, all the numbers of the people. I don't know uh, Mr. Jordan's number and all the rest of them. I don't know their numbers, but I'm just making up a number. They'll go to a wedding, a wedding, a wedding, and they'll have on Kobe Bryant. They'll have on sneakers. They'll have on, uh, and I'm wondering, uh, 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 you're coming to a wedding. Don't you want to consider what's before you? Don't you want to consider what's appropriate for a wedding? You're coming to honor the bride and the groom. In fact, you want to be so careful that you don't want to dress up because this you want the groom, if you're a young man, you want the groom to shine. You want him to be the best dressed. But at the same time, you don't want to wear your your stinky, smelly gym clothes. You just got through playing a couple of games of hoop, and you remember, oh, it's the wedding. And you run to the wedding, and you smell, and you got gym clothes on. So to your mind, I'm here. I'm at the wedding. What's the problem? Yes, but you're not dressed appropriately. You come to honor the bride and groom. You're saying to them, this is your special day, and I'm taking the time out to get all dressed up for you, to honor you in this special day. Well, Pastor, oh, that's so old-fashioned. That's so old school. We don't do that no more. We're dressed for comfort. We wear gym clothes and sneakers everywhere we go, including to business meetings, including the church. We wear flip-flops in church. Listen, we wear... Are you kidding? We wear pantyhose to church. Come on. Jesus says, come as you are. 
Yeah, but he didn't say stay as you are. He said come as you are. And, he said, and I don't see where he said come as you are. Okay? But people don't consider what is before them. Who is before me? Where am I going? Am I dressed appropriately for the occasion? I want to bless the person. I don't want them to look at me and shake their head. Amen? I want them to look at me and shake my hand and say, thank you for coming. Thank you for honoring me and my new bride today. I really appreciate you taking the time to dress up. You, I see that you bought a nice tuxedo. Uh, my tuxedo is uh, shining greater because I'm the groom, but you took the time to get dressed up for our wedding. Oh, that's so wonderful. Amen? Glory to God. Uh, young people need to, to know. Well, Pastor, that's old school. That don't count no more. Oh, yeah? Well, there is a portion in the Bible where a, 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 there was a parable told and a person came to a wedding without the proper wedding garments on. And what happened to that person? The Bible says they were thrown out into outer darkness. Why? Because they weren't dressed appropriately. They weren't dressed. Oh, dressing. Uh, uh, you should only consider what's on my heart. God looks on my heart. Uh, my dress don't matter. Well, if it didn't matter, why was this person thrown in the outer darkness? Because they weren't dressed properly. Amen? These things count. Well, why do they count? Because the Bible teaches us that they count. The Bible teaches us that we ne we need to be dressed and robed in Jesus' righteousness, and that when we believe on him, we receive and we're clothed with his righteousness. And when God sees us wrapped in his righteousness, huh? God can cause the death angel to pass over us because we're covered by the blood and we're and we're clothed in his righteousness. Amen. If you're not clothed right, you ain't getting into heaven. It makes a difference. So wherever you go, consider what's before you where you are, who you're talking to, amen? It's a very grown-up thing. Most people, they don't want responsibility. They're lazy. They want to dress for comfort at all times. They don't care where they are. They don't care what they say. I feel good. I don't care. I'll put my old nasty, sweaty sneakers on. You have to love me for me. If you love me, then you love me for me. Yeah, okay. God bless you. Bible has the answers. I'm out of time. See you next week. I love you. Bye-bye. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams. Live on Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. 
come on and get the Word of God at its highest level.